Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why Not, a queer podcast. Episode 8. What, what happens in episode 8? Everyone turns against us. Is this the one where the entire planet blows up and everybody dies? No, this is the one where um, uh, Luke drinks blue cow milk or horse milk or whatever that thing is on that planet. Uh, <laughs> and everyone screams into the internet void about how this is the worst episode ever. Well, I mean... Welcome, audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, so this will be our worst episode ever. That's good. Um, However, we make Knives Out after this, and then Hollywood loves us. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, this whole milk thing, they do that at the theme parks, right? The blue milk? Yeah. Is I haven't blue been milk, over green there. milk, I'm pretty one sure milk, it's blue, but it's, one, it's some different color milk, and it's the blue most fish, disgusting scene I have ever seen in any Star Wars film. He just walks up with his cup, and he like squeezes this animal tit, and blue milk just pours yeah. in, and then he drinks it. It's dribbling down his beard. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> I feel like you're not describing a movie. Uh, so, yeah, this is a thing, right? They sell it at the theme park. You know, and I'm sure that if there are any um, Star Wars nerds out there, and I say that lovingly, I, I know many of them, uh, then you know, shoot me an email and let me know if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure that they that they sell it at the theme park, and it's yeah. like green milk or blue milk. And the idea of drinking this in 99 degree weather in the middle of the summer outside in the heat is disgusting. Now, to me. is it a drink to look like blue milk, or are they serving you actual blue milk in the middle of July in There's Orlando? There's this huge animal there, and they squeeze its tit. Mm, yep, sounds about right. <laughs> Uh, good times. All right. By the way, if you Google Star Wars blue milk, recipes come up, so go go at that. Well, I think I found something for me to drink during the show. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, what you drinking today? What's in, the, what's in the glass? I have got a nice Cabernet from a box. It's delightful. <laughs> um, sponsorships ain't kicked in, so... No, they haven't. So the wine is drunk from a box, and it will be drunk from a box until someone sends me a good bottle. If you're listening to this podcast and you like what you're listening to, tell a friend or two. Have them listen so that we can get sponsors so that Jeremy can have wine that's not from Walgreens. I need some classy wine. Out of a little container. Do you know what my aversion to wine is? As it was. See, so here's the deal. I don't drink, right? It's I have not a, AA. I have, <laughs> <laughs> my sponsor is my number one <laughs> aversion to, to wine. No, so I don't drink. Um, but when I did, I used to just, I drank a lot of beer and a lot of shots. Uh, and I was never really a wine person. I was thinking about that as we were coming here. And I was like, oh, this is fun for Jeremy. He gets to drink wine during the show and I get to drink. Energy drink. drink, insert energy drink. Uh, I was going to say the name that I was like, mm, not until you not pay us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to? You got to give me the green before I, I say you give me wings. Uh, mm, mm. The mm. plot thickens. <laughs> That's right, monster. <laughs> um, so anyway, you know those. This is, this reminded me too of the the women eating salad thing we talked about last week, where they're all laughing and joking. Is all of the wine sayings. And I kind of feel like a hypocrite for this because I feel like the name of our podcast is a little bit of a wine <laughs> saying. But have you ever, like, you know, like, wine down Wednesdays, you know, and there's, like, you know, all the, 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 the mom drinking wines, yeah. memes, and things. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a mom. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you see that Saturday Night Live episode where they did this? And and it, I think it was like Aidy Bryant's birthday, like the character was by Oh, mom where they do the signs. They kept yeah. giving her signs. But, oh, she's like, really? I don't drink that much, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So good for you. Good yeah. for you. You get to drink that that container of wine there. Yes. A small black box. That's what it is called. So we do have a sponsor. Not really. Kind of. Our podcast is um, is pr- presented by Watermark. Ah, yes. So sometimes we don't tell people what we do in our day jobs, but if you're a first-time listener, I am the publisher and owner of Watermark. Yes, and I am the editor-in-chief. And uh, Watermark is kind of our sponsor because they do pay both of us. <laughs> they do. They do. This is work for us, right? So they... Oh, it's work. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling somebody outside on our way in here that Jeremy has to drink wine because it's the only way that he'll sit down and talk to me for an hour. Oh, <laughs> no. Stop it. He's, he's like, no, I've had enough wine to tell you the truth. Don't bring that up. So... So Watermark is Central Florida and Tampa-based LGBTQ news source. We love regional newspapers, probably because it's our job to do it, but we love all of them all around the country, and we're part of an organization, uh, the National LGBT Media Association, um, which is made up of regional publications around the country, and I think what they do for their communities is amazing. Not just, you know, us, not Chihorn, but I just want to throw that love out there every once in a while just to mention Watermark and what it is that we do, and then yeah. we can start a podcast. Let's yeah. do it. What'd you do this week? Oh, I did a lot of work-related stuff. Um, I went to the fair. I went to the animal fair. Um, do, you have, do you ever sing that little nursery rhyme? I went to the animal fair. The birds and bees were there. Um, the big baboon by the light of the moon was combing his velvet hair. I'm going to need you to sing it so that mm. maybe I can remember. I ain't drank that much. <laughs> um, no, we had uh, Pride Night at the Central Florida Fair, which uh, was a good time. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Um, I got very, very nauseous and sick when I got home because we ate too much greasy fat, uh, deep fried everything. I had a deep fried Snickers, mm. which was, mm, it was good eating. Mm, it looked like it was, and I wanted to, to eat that so bad. I'll just say real, real quick that the Central Florida Fair Pride Night was sort of brought to you by the LGBT Plus Florida, uh, the, the team over there, did a really great job. It was the biggest, we've been going to this for, for years, and this was the biggest crowd, and there was a show, a drag show even. <gasps> oh, no. What oh, will goodness. DeSantis and there do? Were, there, were, there were people there under 18. Oh. Oh. So, uh, but it was it was. It was fantastic. The show was great. You know, people were in great spirits, and the fair is just fun. Whether you whether you do everything that the fair has to offer or not, it's fun. What was that one thing that? Oh, there was a there's a sign that talked about all the things that you can do. Oh, and yeah. One of them said, "Meet giants." There was yeah. no explanation. No, no. I and we still don't know what I that still means. Don't know what if that anybody. Means. Uh, Met the giants at the fair. Let, let us yeah. know. Uh, Send us an email at wwn at watermarkonline.com. In the subject line, put giants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I maybe it was the San Francisco giants. Maybe they were just mm, in that's, town. It was the New York giants. Oh. <laughs> Those are the only giants I know. I don't, I don't watch baseball. <laughs> well, it wasn't. Uh, <gasps> oh. I'm going to pour one out for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the fair was really cool. Uh, yes. So you ate... The, I had. Um, what do we start with? Chili cheese we started, fries. You start with chili cheese fries. Mm-hmm. I had bacon ranch fries and an Italian sausage, and then I had the deep fried Twinkie. Mm. Or no, uh, deep Snickers. fried Snickers. And then I had a funnel cake. 
which I learned that funnel cakes are made to a size for you to share with your friends. And I ate the whole damn thing by myself. <laughs> and I think that's what did me in. Uh, does that further go on to say that we're not friends? Because I was standing right there with you. You're like, I'm sorry, mm. Rick. This is to share with friends. I'm going to go ahead and finish this one myself. I wish I would have offered you some. <laughs> you know, I got sick as well. But then at the point, you go to the fair and you eat all the fried foods and then you, you get sick off of it, I guess. I think you're supposed to eat all the food and ride the rides and that's what gets you nah, sick. I couldn't Ugh. imagine. So after the chili cheese fries, which I was so stoked about going to the fair because I'm like, I'm going to get chili cheese fries. I'm sure that there are no health inspections going on. <laughs> Maybe they come in and inspect on the first day. I don't know. Um no, but the, really the fries, the chili cheese fries were really good. And then I wanted to get a fried Snickers, so we walked mm -hmm. around looking for it. And then I decided to get fried pickles instead. Yeah. And did me in. I couldn't eat anything after that. Mm. The Just, thought of fried pickles right now still turns my stomach. <laughs> I have not I have not moved past the fair. It was a yet. good time. But you yeah. know what? There was a there was also a cool thing about it. Um, who was the host of the show? Uh, uh, Chantel, oh, why is her name escaping me right now? She was just super good. The last, the last number that she did was Last Dance by Donna Summers. Chantel Roche. Yeah. I don't know why I could not remember her last name. She's great. She was high energy mm -hmm. and excitement and fun. Couple of splits. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. But when we were leaving, we noticed that there was. Remember, we saw some sign for like a cool zoo or something. Oh, they. Yeah, oh. And we were, we made some like, uh, what is this? And then all of a sudden, we looked over and it was really. It was a little. Yeah, it, it was, was really a, cool. Nifty little zoo. Apparently, they had kangaroos and lizards and all sorts of uh, little critters over there. A I think, remember there being a uh, sloth. Yeah, that's not, that I think I have a meet and greet with a sloth, but I just I remember it being a little pricey. I think. But yeah. Know. So we did that. Um, we uh, had the UCF, the local college here, had the intern pursuit. So we met some students who wanted to be journalists, which was uh, 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 revigorate, revigorating. Is that the word? The right word? Reinvigorating. Reinvigorating. Um, because, you know, you get bogged down. We're, we're not word people. Do we Words know? are hard. <laughs> um, you get bogged down in the day-to-day, -day and... Uh, it really, seeing somebody who's like super excited about journalism and writing and doing all that uh, just kind of, you know, re-energizes you. So, uh, and there's some great journalism students at UCF, so. Yeah, and uh, they do, they do it all. Yeah. They'll, they, they, they could write, edit, they take videos, video edit, uh, all of yeah. that. It's, it's really, it's the, yeah. it's inspiring. I'll tell you one thing, because, you know, I was there. It's one of my favorite things to do, right? There's like a top five list of things I like to do throughout the year, and I like to go to these intern fairs, because it's fun. It actually was how we auditioned the idea of a podcast, is because Jeremy and I sit, <laughs> sit down and we pretend that we're doing one when there's these, these uh, students sitting in front of us. And, but it's, it, it's just, it's... It's fun to get to, to know them and see that excitement from them. But at some point during that, I realized that none of these people were born when I started working at Watermark. In fact, their parents probably had, some of them parents probably didn't even know each other. Yeah, for the most part. The, uh, there's a couple. We have one, uh, one was 28. So he was like seven when you started at Watermark. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yes, for the most part, for the most part, you started working at Watermark before most of them were born. And you know what else I think is cool about this particular group, which I thought was super good, right? Super good, super exciting. Um, they were excited, gung ho. 
Uh, and then they were they hand wrote letters. Yeah, I got a I got another one today that was addressed to me. Um, and I know you got a handwritten one too. Yes, yes, we got um, several. Uh, the one that you got was from Juliet. Yep. Yes. Name dropping here. Yeah, she um, she sent those on Friday. Uh, she sent me one. She sent you one. Uh, we got a couple from other people. We've gotten emails. But yeah, they're. Um, I'm not going to say the professors probably tell them, hey, follow up. But it's nice. Um, it and surprises me how much a handwritten note still goes, uh, how long it goes these days. Yeah. And a thank you. Yeah. It goes a long way. Remember that. If you're looking for a job and you interviewed a place, you should probably say thanks for the interview or the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? What did you do this week? Well, as I do every week now, I play softball. I will, um, I won't talk about every week, but just because last week I talked about how I struck out and I ended up getting this trophy for being the worst player on the team. Oh. So this week I got the MVP. I got the best player. Oh, that's, that's a reversal. It, it, 100%. See, so that just goes to show you dream big. You could turn your life around. In one week. Very nice. I think it may have to do with the fact that we just sucked this last weekend and the bar was really low and I just didn't fall on my face that I got hey, it. A win is a win is a win. I did hit a triple. Um, you hit which, a pair of triplets? I, I hit a triple, which is funny that you would say that because I'm telling this to my husband on the way home and he's always like, I call him on the drive home, it's like 40 minutes. And he's always like, how did you do? And I said, well, I did okay. I hit a triple. And then there's like this long pause where he's like, I think I know what that means, but I don't know what that means. And so I try to explain it. And it's fun. It's a, I, love, I love playing. I love playing with these guys. They're, they're, they're great. Um, and, uh, and so I have this huge, what they give you if you get the MVP, it's this, um, this necklace. It's like a, an award. It's a huge, like... I don't know, probably eight inch diameter medallion, like Flava Flav style thing that's just got a baseball on it. But it's kind of fun. So I, I did that. Uh, I went to see Wicked oh, at the Straz very in, nice. in Tampa. I did that last Tuesday, which is, you know, if, you, if you've seen Wicked, you know what's good. And if you haven't, that's too bad because it's really good. Uh, I wish <laughs> that they, I mean, am I going to sound like an old guy? I was kind of like, I wish they'd turn the volume up a little bit. You know, just in the first act, it's like, uh, like crank that up. This is good music. Let's let's do it. Like, or I like I can't hear, and then I was like squinting through my readers. Like, what? did they have you all the way in the back? No, no, I had good seats. <laughs> they're they were really nice. Um, it the the people were so talented. You could tell. Mm -hmm. You could tell they were talented, and you just couldn't. Hear them. It got better at the the second act, but I, I will say that like you've seen it. Yeah, I yeah. I saw it last saw month uh, at the Dr. Phillips Center. Uh, this production, yeah. It's been years since I've seen this. A, a long time. So uh, I think what happens in a, when a, a show that's been around for so long has happened with like with The Lion King. It had been out for like 15 years, and it came through, and I got to the whole staff. I'm like, let's all go see it. And then we went to see it, and we're all kind of like. Eh. Sometimes uh, if people have been in a show for multiple, multiple years, they kind of get to the point where they're just marking what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I bring that up to say I don't feel like that's what was happening here. Like, it, it, it was still super good. That scene in Defying Gravity, when she takes, off, she takes flight, I don't remember it being that cool when I saw it the first time. Yeah. And I don't know if, it, if they've just uh, updated technology and the way they made it look, but she looked like she was floating. Uh, 
I I seem to remember the the cape kind of took up all the stage, and there were people below her, but standing in front of her. But this looked like they were under her and all around her, and then she was legit just up in the air. Whatever they did with the lighting, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, really good show. Really good show. Yes, and the other thing I wanted to just mention real quick is that we we kind of brought it up, and I think I brought it up before I was supposed to. Oops. So don't go back. Well, now that it's the date's passed, it's okay. You can go back and listen. I think it was like episode two. We talked about if you listen to it live, erase it from your mind now. Yeah, but I can finally legitimately announce that um, Greetings from Queertown Orlando has been accepted at the Florida Film Festival. And if you don't know what Greetings from Queertown Orlando is, it is a documentary, um, a, a documentary about a version of. LGBTQ history in Central Florida. It's four decades of history told from the perspective of about eight or nine people, uh, four main kind of characters, and then we've got some people that that fill in some gaps and tell stories as well. Um, but it's 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 a passion project of mine. It's something I've been working on for years, uh, in in all different kinds of iterations of it that I'm very excited to say that the film is about 99% complete. It's basically complete. We just have to wrap up the final version of it and get it over to the festival. Um, but it's just, it's touching. It's funny. Uh, I'm super excited that, that it's around. And it it derived from the the When We Rise, the show that was on NBC in 2017. It aired in February of 2017. And at the end of that, um, the executive director for uh, the Zebra Coalition here in Orlando had mentioned somebody should do something about Orlando's history. You know, somebody needs to tell that story because it's it's every bit as important as the story from everywhere else that we're watching and that's on TV. And that kind of sparked the idea. And I thought, who better to tell that story than Watermark? So we, we, we set out on this journey. I think you and I and um, Sandy Hulin, who was uh, in working on a documentary of her own at the time. We just kind of had a conversation, and that's the it sparked life to it. Um, you know, it had its ups and downs. I remember sitting in the dining room. Well, I guess you would call it the dining room of your house. Uh, it's kind of like a side room. Yeah. <clears throat> with the secret entrance and chains on the wall. I'm not sure what you do there normally. but um, It's my Stephen Sondheim room. Oh, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> there's rumors that he used to chain people up in his basement. What? That's what I thought. Oh. I, 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 I don't know for a fact, alleged. Oh. God rest his soul. Uh, so <laughs> I hope they let the guys out of the chains. Um, but yeah, I remember sitting around uh, the table and and just uh, uh, coming from that to know that now it's going to be at the Florida Film Festival is just mind blowing. You know what's awesome is that I have all I keep everything right, so I have all of our notes. Uh, from that time, <laughs> we and next time of, bring some of them and we'll run through some of the rejected titles. I don't feel that we can. <laughs> uh, if, if people think that saying greetings from Queer Town is offensive, <laughs> I don't think that we should be talking about it. There were just some, let's just say there were some things that at the time we thought would sound cool, but that was, you know, five years ago, and, and things have changed, and sometimes words change. <laughs> Now I'm curious to read the list. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's burnt. It was just this this great energy about building something that we felt really passionate and important. And I just, I, I, I loved all of it. And to think that we're at a place where we're going to sit in a movie theater and see this on the big screen, I can't even, I can't it's even crazy. imagine. And, and there's a song in there that, um, that I just love. It's called City Beautiful. I think that we we put it in the on the poster as the city beautiful, and I don't think that's the name of the song. But so we commissioned a song uh, to be sung by Ginger Minge, which is an original song for this documentary, and the song is just beautiful. It it it's it's just catchy and good. But aside from that, the message behind it that it is the people in this community, it is the people that this documentary is about that make Orlando the city beautiful. Segway. <laughs> into mine watching the Oscars I would say right that the Oscars is a movie about my life story was up for awards here's just about this uh, a few years back because one of the clips they show when they're talking about the biggest movies are coming they showed the Batmobile driving away from Tim Burton's 1998 Batman and I was like my little 11 year old brain was like there's a show where Batman's gonna be on it so I watched the whole thing waiting for Batman Batman never showed um, but I developed a love and a passion for uh, an award ceremony for a business that, from 11 to 43, I have yet to be a part of. So, uh, <laughs> but I watch it every year. Um, I love that, it. But that reminds me of it reminds me of the interview we did at the intern fair, where we were talking about movies, and the intern's like, "Oh, I hate award shows." Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Ugh, uh, you're not uh, gonna get this job." Yeah, he starts in June. <laughs> oh, really? How exciting! Uh, he's yeah, he actually will be joining us. Yeah, he's gonna um, be good. Just so I can make him watch award shows every single shift. Um, but no, yeah. So the Academy Awards were this past weekend. Can we talk about cringy parts of it real quick? Did you sure. watch any of the um, of the red carpet? Yes. I can't. You know, I'm sitting there. I I just I feel like that's the audience participation part of the show, which I hate audience participation in any form whatsoever. So I feel like I'm being forced to be a part of this thing that it's not for me, and I'm sitting there at home and for out like my roommate. She's trying to get me to turn this on. She's like, turn on the red carpet. And I'm like, no. I just can't deal with the interviews. And then, of course, we turn it on, and guess what the first interview we see is? Hugh Grant. Yes. Ha! How awkward. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, okay, I, while, as much as I love the Oscars, that's how much I despise the pre-show red carpet. <laughs> um, I do not care what people wear to them. I know that fashion is like the big thing for a lot of people. I'm not a fashion guy. Um, <laughs> anybody who watched me, sees me coming to work, knows that I don't really give a shit about if, clothes. If, if fashion is a gay stereotype, you and I are no, so far. I don't care about fashion at all. So, And that's all they want to the talk about. We're not the cutting edge of fashion. So when I watched that... And most of Twitter was against Hugh Grant. I was all for Hugh Grant. I was like, I feel you. I don't care what I'm wearing. She asked me, she goes, who are you wearing? What are you wearing? And he goes, the tuxedo from my closet. And uh, <laughs> she goes, who's it from? And he goes, my tailor. And I was like, damn straight. You shouldn't know what's on the label. Who every, cares? Every question that she asked him, like, why are people mad at him? Mm. She's like, it's not like they're, the questions were just, 
I don't. You know what the two things that really drove me nuts? Questions. First is the fact that, yeah, he just wasn't having it. And it was all the same stupid questions. The two things that drove me nuts most about it is first, she said, you were in um, Glass Onion this year. Now, anyone who has seen Glass Onion is giving me the same look right now that you're giving me. I don't remember Hugh Grant being in it because his voice is in it. He's, he's the he's um, Daniel Craig's boyfriend in the beginning who yells to him when he's in the tub, there's someone at the door for you. When she said you were in Glass Onion, what was it like making that movie? He goes, I was in it for three seconds. So I and it was so awkward and because like, and I can yeah, see why but... he felt like that because that sounds like such an unprepared interviewer. Like if you knew what his part in the movie was, then you know that that's a ridiculous question to ask. Oh, you know what that reminds me of is that interview on the red carpet where somebody asked um, the wasn't it the was it the girl who won the Oscar? They asked her like where she got her tan from. What? And she's like a person of color. And she's like, um, well, I don't. I I've never seen this. I will have to go back me? and know. Oh, there's a see. I like to watch really uncomfortable things, and I catch these clips of of like most uncomfortable red carpet moments. And so I watch that, and I cringe during the whole thing. So anyway, it reminded me of that. And I hate to to do this, but can we can we agree that there's way too much talk about what people are wearing on yeah. a red carpet? Uh, which also, if you haven't seen Saturday Night Live yet, the opening sequence was about how ridiculous the red carpet is. And they kept, there's one thing they're like, oh, and now we have to do this, you know, thing where we pan over to everyone's shoes. And it's yeah, just you a have bunch to look of at their feet. women's feet. And then, and then they, um, so they made fun of all of that. But um, so I'm going to agree that talking about what people were wearing is, is dumb and I don't want to do that. And now that we can agree that that's what they do on the red carpet, it's okay for me to say this. <laughs> because I'll tell you, women can wear what they want to wear. They, that's fine. But, like, the woman who was interviewing Hugh Grant. Yeah. Was she wearing clothes? She was. It was something very sheer. It was a cape. It was sheer. But it looked like she had shorts or very short, like, underwear or something underneath it. Um, I don't know who she is. And... Uh, this this is another reason why I don't watch the red carpet because it makes me feel old. I didn't know anybody who was doing the interviewing, so I had to Google everybody. So her name is Ashley Graham, and one of the things that blew my mind when I Googled her, she is a she's a model, but she's listed under her profile she's a plus size model, and I was just like, there's nothing plus size about her. Um, so that says a lot about the fashion industry that yeah. she's deemed a plus size model. And then it also, I'm like, you know, now I see why people have uh, these poor self-images of themselves. Because I look at her, and they're like, oh, she's a plus-size model. And I look at myself in the mirror, it's like, well, what the fuck am I? Yeah. Oh, we could we could do a whole show about body dysmorphia. Today. I was told this phrase over the over the weekend, too, that um, the, somebody said, you're not as fat as you think you are. And I was like, there's so much to unpack in that sentence. Like... Like, yeah, I am, but... Tell my jeans that. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I mean, yeah, you can say it to the imprint on my stomach because you can read the label of the button. So anyway, yeah, I, w I would never um, body shame anybody or say, like, oh, what are you wearing or what is this, that. I just, you know, it's in the context of all the stuff that's going on with the queer community and what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate. Um, 
it just for a half a second it entered my mind that's like I'm watching this and I'm like and y'all got a problem with drag shows yeah so so it's not like like the memes say it's clearly not about drag but also I I you know it was a fleeting thought because what I'd hate to see happen is that we all turn on each other and start saying you know what about this and what about this which is probably the end goal of that that sort of thought process anyway so um, it was just a super awkward interview. Yeah. 100% awkward. So that's how it started for me. Luckily, it was just a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hugh Grant, um, thank God, kept all of his answers to one or two word responses, lots of eye rolling, and you know that there was, whoever was the producer in her ear was like, just wrap it up. Get him off the stage. Who is, yeah, right, and who is the director? This should have been like, cut cut this, move yeah. on to the next here's, one. Here's something. Ask them. You There's this expectation that because you are attending one of these award shows that you have to stop and talk to all these people. Ask them, do you want to talk to us? And Hugh Grant would be like, oh, I don't think I'll do. Uh, and then they'd be like, okay, we'll move along. Yeah. That was my British accent, by the way. It was, it was, it was beautiful. Thank you. It, I bet you thought Hugh like Grant was here. You know, Saturn and I've got in trouble for, um, for their use of accents. Yes. Uh, with this, with the Oscar. I was so. like, after you said that, I went back and watched it, and I googled it. Do you know what the issue was? Is their comment the guy who was impersonating Mario Lopez? No, um, no. the one from the movie. Not the one who, uh, the big guy. But Not the, Colin Farrell. Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell, yeah. Uh, apparently, the Colin Farrell character made a comment about how he's going to go get drunk or something now. Uh, and Colin Farrell's been very open about his uh, sobriety and his struggles oh. with alcohol. So his, his uh, and most of Twitter's issue was the fact that uh, a simple Google search would have told them that he is in recovery and that making a joke about getting drunk and sounding more Irish probably not the best joke to make. <laughs> so, um, but if you were watching like me and Colin Farrell made the SNL j comment uh, when Jimmy Kimmel was talking to him and you were like, I don't get it. Mm, well, then there you yeah. go. Now you get it. So I guess I didn't read the most recent issue of Recovery Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the cover. Because I didn't know this about him. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, I mean, I, I, I could probably... I think I, if I didn't know this, and I'm like all about like celebrity news and that kind of thing, then I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really yeah. Blame I mean, them Colin Farrell's not my um, he's not like in my wheelhouse of uh, celebrity, so I'm like, oh, I got to check up on him. Um, that wheelhouse is mostly like um, Andrew Garfield and Henry Cavill. Um, but I mean, if that's your, if you're a show where you're a celebrity and you do with celebrity impersonations and he's hosted and his his cast uh, members have hosted. Um, I mean, it's got to have come up. I mean, he's hosted the show before and somebody's had uh, to say, hey, Colin, do you want a beer? And he's like, mm, I better say no. Yeah. But, well, you, know, you know, maybe Will Smith will live track and down the writers and smack them. <laughs> uh, but on to the show. So um, we watched it last night. Uh, and, uh, what did you think of the opening? I... Jimmy Kimmel hosted for the third time. So I have three pages of bullet points to talk about with this. <laughs> of all Jimmy of, Kimmel? No, no, no. Uh, of, like, of, like, of the Oscars. But the, but the first bullet point is, oh my God, Hugh Grant. 
And the second is Jimmy Kimball was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is by far the best of the three that he's done. Um, and I wrote down because uh, you were a fan like me of the newsroom on HBO. Mm -hmm. And something about this uh, hosting, I was reminded of a line from the first episode where uh, that guy's interviewing uh, Will McAvoy. And he says, people call you the Jay Leno of news. Um, you're popular because you don't bother anybody. And the entire time I was watching that, I kept thinking, Jim, Jimmy Kimmel is killing it because he's not, he doesn't bother anyone right now. And I think that's what a good, particularly with the Oscars, because there's so many people watching, so much criticism. I think your job is just to say some witty jokes, say some stupid jokes, and then just keep the show moving along, which he did. And I think yeah. that's the only thing you have to worry about doing. Yeah, he was great. And that prob there probably is some truth to that. Um, he's just like, he's... He's just so likable. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I did find myself... I wish there was a tradition around the Oscars where you give candy to children and so that the next day after the Oscars we could see videos of parents pretending to eat <laughs> children's candy and playing it on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Because he does it for Halloween and that, it kills me. I love it. Um, I, th I think he's great. So I wrote down... Like, right from the start, he was funny. Mm -hmm. So I wrote, I wrote down some of the, the things that I liked the most that he did. Uh, and one was when he, when he said that it was nice to see that Nicole Kidman had been released from the, from the abandoned AMC theater that she was stuck in. And then, but the, the funniest part of it to me was um, when he said, and thank you uh, for encouraging people already at the movie theater to go to the movie theater, <laughs> which was hilarious because I think the first time I saw that ad, I, I was like, well, I'm here. What do you, what do you want? I already bought my ticket. Yeah. For those who haven't been to an AMC movie theater, uh, last year was the uh, meme that kept on giving with Nicole Kidman. She did uh, an ad for AMC movies, encouraging people to go back to the theater. And they ran the commercial before every movie for people who are already in the theater. So, yeah, very uh, uh, kind of odd marketing. you think you'd, uh, you'd want to run that commercial for people who aren't already <laughs> at the movie. My favorite joke is when he was talking about The Fablemans. It was directed by Steven Spielberg. Seth Rogen's in it. And uh, he called Steven Spielberg and Seth Rogen the Joe and Hunter Biden of Hollywood. <laughs> Which I laughed, and then I was like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> that I like it because right. he follows up with, sure. no, um, Seth Rogen. What did I say? You said Joe Rogan. Oh. Different. Ooh. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Ooh. Very different. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Uh, and then when he asked Seth Rogen, um, he's like, he goes, true. Like, be honest now. Are you on anything? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, the um, there were a couple of zingers that I thought he had in there that I loved. Um, and you know what I loved too is that he was he was pulling like facts, and mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a team of writers who were involved in this too. So I'm gonna give him all the credit. But it was interesting to to for him to go and say, you know, like, oh, this has happened, or this is how many first time nominees, or this is how many this. Yeah. So with he said that the. Um, the interesting thing in his opening was to talk about how Brendan Fraser and Kihi Ki Kwan. Ki Kwan were in a movie together. Yes, and now they in Sino Man in the and, 90s. Yeah, and then and then now they're both nominated for Oscars. And, uh, then, he and said, then and he goes, yeah. he said, he goes, yeah, this must be a really difficult night for Polly Shore. Uh, <laughs> I can't get behind poor, the Polly Shore hate. Poor Polly Shore. Um, yeah, and and that was the consensus. Uh, Gold Derby, which is uh, a, a movie website, 
uh, did a poll this morning asking what people thought. 65% said he either did a great job or was good most of the for, for the most part. 10% um, said, yeah, he was okay. 25% uh, said he was awful or mostly forgettable. Um, but those are really good numbers in the polarizing times that we live. And considering that most conservative uh, Republicans on the right hate Jimmy Kimmel. So, although well, you, I imagine a whole lot of them probably weren't watching the Oscars. Well, and you know who else? Who else didn't seem to like him was Austin Butler. He was just, he just seemed to like the, either he was so nervous. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Or it's just the jokes weren't landing for him. I, I want to assume, because he's a kid. I mean, he's in his late 20s. Maybe yeah. he's reached 30. I don't know. But uh, uh, he was a Disney kid. Um, so people who are on the Disney Channel or Nickelodeon and they're growing up on shows there, um, much like Kihi Kwan, um, you're, you don't think, oh, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be an, Os an Oscar-nominated actor. Um, so I think he, there was a lot of nerves. Um, yeah. But also, um, and no disrespect to Austin Butler, he does not look like an interesting fella. <laughs> he does not seem entertaining. Every interview I watch, and I'm uh, not just the Oscars. The Oscars are the, the top tier, but I'm obsessed with all award shows. So I start with the Golden Globes, and I, even though they're trash, and I work my way through... Well, you even watch the Grammys. I even I watch the Grammys. I'm gonna watch the MTV Movie and TV Awards in May when Wait, they happen. Or even June. that's movies and TVs. I I don't. I, I'm gonna put my readers. Do you know what on I watch? I say this. I watch the ESPYS. Do you know what the ESPYS are? Yeah, it's They're sports, sports awards. Yeah. I don't give a shit about sports. I just really love award shows. I guess. Well, <laughs> then I got nothing else to say to that. And I mean, uh, you clearly love award shows. <laughs> and uh, so he's been at all these different award shows, and he's just. Not that interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack for a second and talk about this when we talk about this red carpet thing and I champagne carpet. Oh, God. They changed the carpet. I know. Do you know why they changed they it? They didn't need like a like a support carpet or I, something. I googled it because it, I was curious, but the reason is because the Oscars happen in L.A. and so they happen in the er, late afternoon, early evening, um, into the into the night. So the red carpet they were finding, I don't know why they waited, you know, 90 plus years to change it, um, but the red carpet worked well with lighting, but as the sun went down, everything got too dark and dingy. So they would have to bring in more lights. So this year somebody suggested change the color of the carpet and it helped with the lighting. Really? Yeah. I thought that was very odd that it took them that long instead of just dragging out more lights when the sun went down. Change color. Well, of the they carpet. should have said that when somebody somebody on the show mm -hmm. said that they changed it to champagne to lighten the mood. Jimmy Kimmel said they did it so that they could prove that no blood would be spilt at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> I like his reasoning yeah, better. Yeah. Um, that's, there's like this Highlander thing to that. There can be only one yeah. winner. Um, I feel like but, talking about the lighting, I feel like your husband's at home, like having a nice little classic cabinet. He's like, mm, I totally agree. <laughs> He's a photographer, for those who don't know. He probably completely understands the lighting aspect yeah. of it. Uh, but when, when you mentioned that they should ask people, maybe they do, and we just don't know. If you know, email us at www.watermarkonline.com. <laughs> at watermarkonline Hugh Grant, if you're listening. <laughs> Did they ask you? But, you know, this is, there were so many first-time nominees. Mm -hmm. There's so much going on. And I was watching, um, they were interviewing Michelle Kwan. Mm-hmm. That's her name? Yeah. No, Michelle no, Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. I'm sorry. Um, 
Kiki Kwan. Yeah, Kiki. I was They're not married in real life. Um that she was talking and then some people came up behind her and gave her a hug and then she's like, oh, hey, like, let people walk. I, I don't know. I just feel like they're, this is their moment. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't just stop everybody every five seconds because you got 30 stations that want to find out what kind of shoes you have on. Just let them enjoy their moment. It's a big deal for them. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it, that's one of the reasons con- uh, before the Golden Globes it was found out that they were sexist and racist and just terrible people. Um, the Golden Globes were the fun award show because everybody drank and they served food and you were at tables and it was fun. People let loose. The Oscars were the stuffy one where people were just like, you know, oh, this is like the prestigious, so you have to be real fucking fancy. Um, they need to let that go. Yeah. They, they need to loosen up. They need to slap some people around, just loosen them up. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, Jimmy Kimball, uh, just to get back to him real quick for a second, I'm like, there's no way we can do this without talking about this little dig he made here because you and I have both seen, well, you've watched more of this movie than I have. Um, but when he was talking about the differences between movies and television, he's like, for example, uh, for example, a TV show can't lose $100 million. And then he goes, speaking of, is the gang from Babylon here? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? In his defense, they it, the movie lost a shit ton of money. It was super long. It was super stupid. Uh, it is not a good movie. It's on Peacock. I think it's on Peacock. Yeah. I think it's universal. Yeah. Um, if you've got Peacock, stream the first 20 minutes of it. If you can get through the first 20 min- minutes of it, God bless you. Because the movie is total, complete chaos. It opens, I'm spoiler alert, the movie opens with an elephant's anus opening to the screen and shit shooting out at you. It's just, it's, I don't, it's not witty. It's not charming. It's elephant feces. And I'm glad it didn't win anything. Oh, God. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> anyway. See, now, I, I, I mean, what does that say about me? I think that's hilarious. You're like, mm, that's a selling point. I'm going to see this movie now. <laughs> like, does an animal shit in the end of it? Because, like, I mean, that might get me through three hours. Um, it just reminds me of a story when I was in elementary school. We had moved from this house that I had lived in, you know, my whole life pretty much. And then we moved to this new place. I was, I was a kid, third grade. I didn't know what my address was or anything like that or where I moved from or where I moved to. And, and so they asked me, um, you know, like, Oh, where do you live? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> right. So I'm in school and then everybody laughs at me. So then I had to say something to, to make myself seem cool. And the teacher's like, well, did you do anything fun this weekend? And I had just gone to the zoo and an elephant peed at the zoo. And it was hilarious to me for some reason. So I said, I saw an elephant pee and I got kicked out of the class <laughs> on my first day. Oh, it was sad. Huh. Anyway, so the elephant thing made me laugh. It reminded me of my childhood. I did not get shit on by an elephant, but fantastic. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, winner wise, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, which we talked about, I think on the first episode of this uh, this podcast, uh, won seven awards. Yeah, starting with Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, yeah. was that the first award that they gave away? No, it was the first. Um, the above, they call them the above line awards. Um, but the first one was was um, supporting actor. No, it was animated film. It was one of the off ones because we commented on it. I, the, I thought you meant above the line. I'm just kidding. 
no, no, no. We, me and my brother were watching it. We commented the fact that they normally start with either supporting actor or supporting actress. And I believe they started with the animated feature, uh, which was Guillermo del Toro's Pin Pinocchio, um, which up until this weekend, I was perfectly fine with it winning. And then uh, I try to watch as many of the Oscar-nominated movies as I can. Uh, and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, was released on Peacock on, on uh, Friday. So I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. If you have not seen that movie, I don't know how this flew under the radar and is not winning all the awards. So amazing. Uh, Puss has an existential crisis. Um, he is a cat. He has nine lives. He loses eight of his lives. He's down to his last life. And he's contemplating um, what he's done with his life and how he's done all these adventures that have killed eight of his lives. And now he's down to his last life. And he can't live the exciting life he has, so he grows a beard and he moves in with a cat lady. <laughs> and death is chasing him, and death is the big bad wolf. And it's just, it's just an existential crisis that made me just, after the movie, lay on the floor and stare at the ceiling and wonder, what am I doing with my life? My one life. I don't have nine lives. Um, but it's such a good movie. And after I watched it, I was like, how the fuck didn't this win everything? It was so good. Um, but Guillermo de Torres Pinocchio is it fine? It's too. watermark your cat lady. <laughs> You're grown a beard and you live with your cat lady. Uh, but the first the first award that went to everything everywhere, everywhere all at was once. Jamie Lee Curtis for Best Supporting Actress. Are you sure, Mama? Kihi Kwan. I don't know one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah, it, it, Kihi Kwan was the first award that they won. Um, and I know this in the order at which I cried watching the Oscars. I mean, I know that this is I. I know that you love to watch people cry, so I mm -hmm. will talk about this in a way that that doesn't bring that emotion. I back don't up mind for me. crying as long as it is warranted. There were people who were crying. I was. Ariana DeBose gave him the award and she starts to cry when she reads someone's name, and I'm like, "Lady, it's not your it's not your moment. You don't need to cry about it." But it's the, I will tell you why it's okay. Because it was just the pure joy of that announcement, right? The It, it wasn't that moment. It was his entire life. It, I get that for him. Was, <laughs> but it was just, it was so happy to watch him. When, like, watching him on the red carpet was fun. And seeing him, like, like win that award and jump up and... and you know, and then he talked about how much all how his family meant so much to him, and he went all that time without being in a show because he didn't think that Hollywood cast people who look like him. Yeah. And then this is the role he got to come back to, and boom, one and all. I mean, it was so touching and amazing, and beautiful and tear jerking for him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you, I love you are. That, that, now I know why you like Puss in Boots so much. You are the <laughs> defeated cat. Um, yeah, no, he did great, and I was reading a story uh, this morning. Um, he got calls from all of because uh, he was the he was uh, Data in uh, in Goonies in the eighties movie yes. Goonies. All of the Goonies called him um, and congratulated him. He said they all still keep in contact; they're all friends, and uh, that part uh, made me feel happy for him that the Goonies are all still a little gang together. The, well, all that means is we need a, we need a sequel. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, the the guy who plays Chunk, he's not an actor anymore. He's a lawyer. He brokered the deal that got Kihiko on this role. Um, so when he thanked uh, yeah. the the Goonie 
um, on Jeff. Uh, he yeah. was talking about Chunk, who helped him to get the role. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not discrediting that it was an emotional moment. I just think too many people cry when it doesn't directly impact them. It's because people have this thing. Some people have this thing called empathy. Yeah, some people have too much. Some people have too much and cry over everything. I want you to know that I was sitting on my couch watching his speech, and the tears were streaming down my face. Like, not as bad as the other cast member. The girl in the... I just would call her the girl in the red dress. Um, she played the daughter. Uh, Stephanie Shu. Yeah, she cried. She's she in the movie. They're a family. That's fine. She That's cried fine. a lot. But it was just like when people talk about their families and how their families are so loving and they, they help each other. And, and, and when you talk about a child trying to make their parents proud, I will cry at the drop of a hat. I, I thought the speech, I loved everything about him. Yeah, he's fantastic. Now, the next award... Went to Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Uh, well, that's the next award on my list, which was great. Now, I wish, I wish so much that it went to Hong Chow. I loved her in The Whale. Yes. Um, but um, unlike most critics, um, The Whale was one of my favorite movies last year. So anytime um, that it has a chance to win anything, I want it to win. I think she's fantastic. If you saw the menu this past year, uh, she's in that. She was fantastic in that. She's fantastic in everything she's in. Yeah. But I was, you know, I, I like Jamie Lee Curtis's reel that they played from the movie. And I was like, okay, yeah, she she deserves this. But I also liked her thing. And guess what? When she said that her parents were both nominated for Oscars and that she won one and she was crying. You cried. So was I. <laughs> it's just, it's such, it's. I don't know. It's magic. I love it. I can't help it. It's like this excitement of people who work so hard and work, you know, long hours and overnight to create this thing. And then it comes out to be this beautiful movie with this beautiful meaning. And they get recognized for it. It means so much to them. I am not putting down the excitement and the surprise. I'm talking about the constant crying. And I'm not directing this towards you. I'm just saying that there, I know some people who cry at the drop of a hat, and it's like, you need to pull your emotions together. Well, I, I definitely, I, I yes, I, I, I can see how that would be a thing. <laughs> I'm not going to shame people who cry a lot, but I'm just going to say, sometimes, yeah, take a breath, it's okay. Life is good. I forgot that Jamie Lee Curtis was married to Christopher Guest, though. Yes, yes. God, I love his movies. And Jamie Lee Curtis has a trans daughter. Unfortunately, oh yeah? Yeah. Oh, awesome. She's a big trans supporter. I love it. It's what makes it, it's what makes us able to talk about the Oscars <laughs> with our queer podcast. Um, Eugene Le- Eugene Levy did an interview recently where um, he described how Christopher Guest movies could never be successful again because sitcoms uh, have ruined the mockumentary. And I was thinking about them, and I'm like, I wonder what he's talking about. So he's is he talking like the mockumentary sitcoms, like Modern Family, like Modern Parks Family, and Rec, The Office, uh, Abbott Elementary, things like that. So Christopher Guest movies probably wouldn't have the same impact. But I loved those movies. Yeah. Best in Show, fantastic film. Yeah, yeah, so good. What was that thing? Bumblebee? Is that what? He needs the bumblebee. Um, so. 
I, you know, I kind of made notes about how things fell in the Oscars, and I just want to say, and it's okay. Eccentric people have a place in this world, and it's great. Not everything is everybody's cup of tea, but David Burns is just weird. Yeah, yeah. That um, song presentation was weird. I as, And I say this from a place of love, because I loved everything everywhere all at once, and I'm glad it won the Oscars for everything. Um, that was not one of the best songs of the year, and it was not a good song at all. And I don't know how it got. I think people just got swept up in nominating it for everything. Um, but even when the nominations came out, that was not. It was a surprise. Nobody expected that to be listed amongst the nominees. Yeah. Um, but it's a weird song. But perform all the performances, other than Natu Natu from RRR, which I love a good suspenders dance. Um, all the other performances were just kind of like meh. Really? Yeah. Sorry, Rihanna. Sorry, Lady Gaga. We don't agree on everything. Lady Gaga killed it. She was fine. She feels. I need you, if you're going to show up in a nice dress, I need you not to change into a black t-shirt and ripped jeans and pretend like you're on MTV Unplugged. You know what? This is, I say that from love. I love Gaga. The symbolism is lost on you. She was stripped down. I get the symbolism. I get it. It, it takes away, to me, it takes away from the prestige of the event. You've performed at the Oscars at several other uh, times where you uh, uh, embraced the extravagance of the Oscar, and now you showed up I, in ripped jeans. I get it, I get it, but I don't want to be the guy that's like, five minutes ago you said you didn't want the Oscars to be so stuffy. <laughs> stuffy and prestigious, two different things. Oh, that's true, I'll give you that. Two different now, things. Now, I didn't realize that we could talk about the Oscars for four hours, so I want to skip ahead from all of my notes here to just talk about um, some big, the big, the big thing. Well, <laughs> the big thing, the whale. Yes. I let's talk about Brendan Fraser uh, winning Best Actor. I I hope we get lots of emails from this because not only was I so excited that Brendan Fraser won the Oscar, best performance I've seen in years, but I can't tell you the joy that Elvis, with eight nominations, won nothing. That movie was <laughs> trash. I love Tom Hanks. I wrote a report on Tom Hanks when I was in the eighth grade about how I admire him. He's the greatest actor in the history of Hollywood. Not even he could save this movie. I don't understand how anyone liked it. I don't understand how anyone nominated it. And the joy, reading the tweets, I felt like one of those asshole guys. I'm reading the tweets of all these fangirls who are like, I watched Austin Butler when he was on Disney Channel, and he should have won the Oscar. I was like, but he didn't, lady. He didn't. And then I laughed to myself, and I kept on scrolling. So happy that won nothing. No one should have won that Oscar other than Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I agree. No one. And it was interesting to me watching the Oscars to learn how they did the the fat suit with him and that it was partial digital and so that you could see the expression on his face and everything. He was stunning in that movie. Mm -hmm. So I was so happy for him. I guess, to, but I was not excited about his speech. Okay. Do you, have you seen the gif of his clap? At the Golden Globes? <laughs> no. Okay, there is... Okay, this was probably 2011, 2012. Ironically, it's tied with another Darinowski movie. He made The Black Swan, and Natalie Portman, when she's accepting her Golden Globe, 
is up there and gives the most cringy laugh. It's like a goofy laugh. It's like, <laughs> and then they cut to Brendan Fraser and he does this weird kind of <laughs> finger guns clap that is really awkward. When he got up and he said uh, his line about this is the multiverse, I looked at my brother as like he has slipped into the, 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 the meme status. He needs to calm down. I know that he's excited. Um, I love him, but I think that his excitement just gets the best of him. And I I feel like he, and this is probably his downfall, is I feel like the way he was talking, he planned out what his speech was going to be. Way too many whale puns. Yeah, and then just forgot where he was and got into that rambly deer in a headlight look. Yeah. And I was like, wrap it up, kid. Wrap it. His his SAG Award uh, speech was so good. He started with an Ian McKellen line, and it was just so good. And he's talking about being out there on the raft. I wish you would have said that for the oh, Oscars. Wow. So good. Yeah, it was, um, you know, he, he didn't, I wish he had something to say about the character he was playing or the, the meaning or the importance of all of this and, like, how we talk about our weight and, and how we're not happy with it and how that this person's weight issues and their depression that they suffered destroyed their, literally destroyed their life. And, you know, just something about, you know. Yeah, but also you're on, like, the Oscar stage. There's, I mean. I get it. No, I totally you get can, it. You can, uh, you know, arm, uh, what do they call it? Armchair quarterback? You can armchair oh, quarterback it and be like, oh, he should have done this, but. I would have been a bumbling idiot, I'm sure. I'm sure, you know what? I'm sure I would have cried like a little bitch. You know what? And man? you would have been like, mm, look at him cry. And I I'd know. be like, oh, I'm just so I'll, happy. I'll cry for everyone but you. <laughs> um, no, and I, I appreciate the part of his speech where he talked about, like, the, I, I want to look this up and hear this whole story, but he talked about how something happened and he lost it all. And it was a dark time, but how oh. he came back. And people welcomed him back, and now he's standing there with his Oscar. I really appreciated that, and I liked it. And and I don't think everything has to always say, like, you know, like, oh, I got to talk about the LGBT community because I'm playing this character. And sometimes it's nice that gay people just exist without mm-hmm. it being an issue. Uh, but, you know, I just I felt like there was something that... Yeah, he gave a speech afterwards when he won the Oscar. Out Magazine was like, oh, you know, you played a gay character. What was it like getting in the head of a queer or whatever their question was and he was like charlie is so much more charlie's the character he plays the whale is so much more than a gay man he's a teacher he's a father he's this he's that and he goes he exists in a world where being gay is just a part of him it's not who you know everything that he is and i was like that's how people if you're not gay that's how you should be playing a gay character it shouldn't be the only thing that you're playing about that guy yeah i did like that this was a show about you know, this is a show about this person who happened to be gay. I did like that. Although, yeah. I don't know. The whole religious part came into it, which I keep... Every time we talk about the whale, I'll throw away a line that's like, oh, well, the religious part, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> One day we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll get we'll get into it. There's so much we didn't talk about about the Oscars, but if there is something that, that you felt, if you disagree with us, you like what we had to say, or you're like, hey, what do you think about this and the Oscars, shoot us an email, wwn at watermarkonline.com. I hope you enjoyed listening. Yes, and until next time, the cork back in the bottle. Something like that. Something? (laughs)